Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to a brand new edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. This is the Finishing the Browns roster edition of the show. We will have a special guest, Nick Shook uh, of NFL.com and around the NFL joining us here in a couple moments. Uh, I wanted to uh, start off the show here, get into a couple things as we prepare for preseason finale Saturday night at 7 p.m. Chicago Bears have announced uh, that they will play their starters 25 to 30 snaps, uh, which is the first half, generally speaking, right? I would guess that's about right. Uh, Preseason game ballpark. Um... Jacoby Brissett and the majority of the Browns starters will play on Saturday night. So you will have Brissett taking his first, uh, you know, preseason snaps of this offseason, a weird offseason that it is, uh, with Watson uh, taking the starting snaps in the first of the three games. Uh, We've seen two good, relatively good performances from Josh Dobbs. So far in the preseason, and uh, now we will get our first look at Jacoby Brissett. It was interesting, you know, for a long time, and we're going to ask Nick about this too, his thoughts on the quarterback position and everything, but when we talk about this roster and moving forward for 11 games and a lot of people out there with the, you know, you got to get to seven wins, six wins, five wins, whatever it may be to get this roster or to get this team to where that needs to be when Watson comes back and then who knows how much rust he has. And then moving on from there, how do they get uh, into the playoffs in this powerful AFC that we're dealing with here in 2022? Um, so it. It looks like it'll be Brissett for 11 games or as long as he can stay healthy. Um, And then Dobbs is the backup right now. Now, the question is still, I think, on the table, even as well as Dobbs has played, do the Browns look to upgrade his backup? At this point, I would like to see Dobbs get that opportunity. Um, And this whole Brissett, you know, we're all as a Browns fan base diving into this 11 games of Jacoby Brissett is scary, right? Now, we had Quincy Carrier on the show, who's fantastic, uh, last week, and he seems to have a certain amount of confidence in Brissett, you know, um, that he can get the team to a 500 record, playing complimentary. Now, you know, along with this, there's other things, right? The run game has to be excellent. The defense has to be top five at least top 10 they have to turn people over they have to give you opportunities to score points because points are going to be at a premium with this offense in percent there um 
my observations of Brissett, and he mentioned on the show, Quincy did last week, uh, to because I one of my pushback points on Brissett was clutch, right? Clutch factor versus a uh, um, another quarterback, uh, mainly, um, you know, Dobbs, not going to be clutch, uh, but um, if they were to go a different direction, you know, has he been clutch in the past? Has he been able to come through at the end of games? He pointed to a uh, Raiders Dolphins week three game, which I went back and watched after he pointed to it. And Brissett was actually excellent down the stretch. He scrambled for some big plays. He threw some balls into tight windows, uh, which led me kind of down a Jacoby Brissett rabbit hole, as if I'm sure we've all done a little bit of here as you go back to his cold stays where, and you've got to give him a little bit of a break here on the cold stays. And he took them to a 500 record, I believe that year, but he, you know, that was, 2019, um, and Andrew Luck, if you recall, the Browns were playing the Colts in joint practices that year with Kitchens, I believe, because um, remember day two, Kitchens got out, everybody all fired up to fight everybody, and it was kind of ridiculous, but the the word was how they kicked everybody's ass at, in the second day of the joint practices, and Kitchens was all fired up over in the corner cheering on the fights and everything, right? Because day one wasn't so great. But um, it was right after that joint practice that uh, Jacoby was thrown into the starting role um, in Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, he wasn't planning on starting that year. Uh, and he ended up taking over the starting role. Um, and then from there he took him to a 500 record um the problems i see are listen he's not incredibly accurate right he's not incredibly accurate at times he looks accurate at times he will complete passes into tight windows but it's not like a strong suit of his um the biggest thing I see is it just takes him like a really long time to get rid of the football. Like it's a, it's a lanky, like it's almost like a lanky delivery, right? Like, and it takes him a long time to release the football. So when you look at like a Jimmy Garoppolo, which was my pushback uh, with Quincy and you know, Garoppolo, I was pounding the table for Garoppolo more of if Watson would have gotten a year because it would have freed up the cap space and the ability for the Browns to maybe take on a certain amount of money. You know, uh, the Niners want to move him. They don't want Seattle to get him. Um, and they would love to trade him, I'm sure, to the AFC or whatever, right? And if the Browns could come to some sort of a meeting ground and, hey, bring in Jimmy and and this and that. And Quincy didn't think that Jimmy was much of an upgrade. He thought he was more of a product of being carried. I, I agree with that. I do still think uh, Jimmy um, is an upgrade to Brissett. Quicker release. He'll bring more to the offense. He opens up more of the playbook for you, I think. Um, and he's he's just a better passer in general, I think, than Brissett is. Uh, 
Brissett, game manager wise, he won't turn it over like like Garoppolo would. Um, so if you're looking at you know the give and take there, sure. And remember, the Browns were very close to getting in the playoffs last year with bottom bottom tier quarterback play. So we're not asking Brissett to do work miracles here. We're just asking him to manage the game, take advantage of opportunities given to him by the defense, right? Like if you get red zone opportunities because of a turnover, you have to take advantage of those. You have to score touchdowns when you're inside the 10. And it's going to be at times a struggle, I think, right? Like we're going to see a lot of slugfests with this team and this team can't fall behind. They cannot fall behind in any games. Um, because he's not going to be able to throw you back into a game. And it's going to take incredible patience from Kevin Stefanski, because if you do fall the slightest bit behind, you can't go game plan out the window. We're going to throw it 45 times for Brissett. It's just not going to work, right? Like, which is why I start to, why I was leaning towards Garoppolo in the first place. The problem for me is I think we're running out of time, folks. It, nobody's going to trade for him at this point. He's, he may get, he's probably going to get cut. They're not going to take that cap hit. When he gets cut, then he can be had on the cheap. But if the Browns say the Browns appeal to him, you know, we've got this window of time that you can start for us. And some reason they bring him in or Brissett looks really bad uh, on Saturday night and then in week one or whatever or and he's still on the market and unlikely right but say Brissett looks really bad more likely Saturday night and the Browns come to a point where like hey they cut him he can be had for near to nothing let's just increase our chances with another quarterback in this room so they bring in Garoppolo right if People are saying, and I've heard several people say, it's going to take him four weeks, five weeks to get ready. So at what, at this point, is that worth it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, if you say, look at the Browns' schedule and you see the, the first four games, and to be honest, I don't think it's – when I first saw – we first saw the schedule, those first four games jumped out is really soft, right? I don't think Carolina is a soft game. I think Carolina – I don't think they're world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going to be a tough game in Carolina week one. Browns have not won, what did I see today? I was there the last time they won an opener uh, against Kyle Buller and the Ravens in like 2005 was the last time they won an opener, I think. So um, this is the year you got to have it, right? Like narratives aside that will be embarrassing and and that Browns fans will take egg in their face if Baker Mayfield goes out and eat him I don't care about that more so that it's a potential win on the schedule and momentum wise in this first four games it's almost you almost have you got to have it right like and you got to have it it's not a must win certainly there's 17 more games that's crazy to say right I would never say that's very hyperbole but like it's a must win in the now, right? And like you gotta find a way to get this thing headed in the right direction in these first four games that are soft. Now, if you have Garoppolo on the roster and after four games he's ready, and then he takes you into the the harder part of the schedule, that's one way you could manage this thing. I just don't think 
that the front office thinks that way. I just don't think that they're thinking that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they will go after Garoppolo when he gets cut and look to add to this. I think it's a mistake not to, to be honest. Like, I'm still kind of hoping that they have another option besides Josh Dobbs on the roster after we get to through the first four weeks of the season. And that would give him enough time to get up to speed and maybe he starts to take on the harder part of the Browns' schedule. It's an option. We're going to ask Nick about it. Another thing we're going to ask Nick about when he comes on, he should be on here a couple minutes here. So, um, the running back room. The Browns have this plethora of running backs, right? You, They have Nick Chubb, potentially best running back, in my opinion, best running back in the league. You've got Kareem Hunt, who I don't want to trade because I think without Deshaun Watson, you need him. You need the big playability that he provides. You need him as a weapon catching the ball. You need him. Uh, one thing you're going to notice about Brissett, the one thing that he's good at is he'll take what the defense gives you, right? He'll check down. He'll take the five yards. He'll try to stay ahead of the sticks. That's why penalties will be huge for the Browns this year, right? They can't commit the amounts of penalties that they have last year or they have in the preseason game so far. Not that I think that's an indicator. I, I don't count the preseason as an indicator of penalties to come for the Browns, but they can't be behind the sticks this year at all. They have to be, you know, setting themselves up for manageable third downs and staying ahead of the sticks with reset taking what the defense gives you and a strong run game. But Kareem Hunt is so much a big part of that. I, I requested trade and all. I can't do it. Dearness Johnson, love him. Going to be gone next year. I know he said today he wants to maintain his career in Cleveland. There's just too many guys here. Jerome Ford looks like an up-and-coming back. You've got Demetric Felton, who is basically... Uh, a wide receiver at this point, uh, although strangely enough, they used him out of the backfield against the Eagles. It's it's just um, we've gotten to a point here where I don't know what how how you manage this roster with all these running backs, and I don't think you can keep them all right. Like you have to look at the wide receiver room, you have to look at the tight end room who I don't think there's a third tight end on this roster, and if Brissett is going to man your offense for 11 weeks, I think you have to have a third tight end ready. Like, Forenstall doesn't cut it for me. Um, let me bring up our, our roster here. I know that, uh, you know, they've got a couple hyphenated names in the uh, on the roster currently. Uh, in that tight end room, we'll look at this real quick here. Mikey, can you bring up the roster? Thank you, sir. Uh, so we've got... Sorry. Tight end. Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Miller Fornstall, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, and Mitchell Payton, or, or Podden Payton. I'm not sure uh, which one... Uh, that is, but uh, he, those guys, um, it, it is what it is, uh, you know, sorry, checking on status here with Nick, uh, and 
I don't think any of those guys cut it as a third tight end. So once again, when we I've said all along here that I think you add three or four bodies to this roster from cut downs, um, I think those are going to be the guys there. Wide receiver room is a huge question mark. What happens with our wide receivers, right? What happens with um, Harley Jr., who looked good? last outing and I think you know return some kicks what happens with Dalen Baldwin is Michael Woods the second who I put on the cover of our thumbnail tonight is he part of this roster like the guy played well in the first week or so of camp and then nothing since right so like it's very I just there's a ton of question marks there and we're gonna go over cut bubble guys i've got a whole list to look at uh with nick um and you know i want to make sure that we um you know go over the guys that might be available denzel mims asked for a trade today do you want denzel mims on this roster i don't know um so this is all stuff that has to be decided as we close in this roster. Perion Winfrey, a guy that I thought would contribute in a big way um, this year. And so far, uh, he didn't start. Roderick Perry started in the preseason game. I don't know if he was late to something. I don't know uh what the deal was there um but uh then he comes in and plays all the way until the fourth quarter um strange you know uh so we'll see what happens with perry on winfrey but not boating well right now uh the fact that um He played into the fourth quarter, and he didn't start when they thought he was going to start. I mean, I don't know whether he's in the doghouse um, or what's going on there, but it looks like it's going to be, you know, encouraging words from our defensive end, uh, Miles Garrett, on uh, the other guys in that room this week as far as uh, he mentioned... um, uh, pardon me, Jordan Elliott uh, coming along uh, said that he has had a more professional approach. He's added 20 pounds to his body, and these are the things that, uh, you know, Miles Garrett has noticed and that he is looking forward to um, with uh, him and thinks he makes a huge step this year on this defensive line. Is Taven Bryan going to start next to him? I guess that's the look. Alex Wright, I thought, looked really good in the preseason. It'll be interesting to see another good performance from him uh, or not as we move forward. Um, at cornerback, you've got a, a ton of guys, right? Um, is there enough guys there to use one of them as trade bait? I don't think so uh, because I just think you can't have enough corners. Uh, But it all comes back to, you know, how they manage the running back room. Because I feel like you need to get rid of one of the bodies. And and you need to add a tight end that can play, contribute. You need to solidify the back end of the wide receiver room. Great catch by Javon Wims last week. 
Awesome. Great. Is he really a contributor? I don't know. Our guest of the night is here. Uh, let's bring him in. Uh, he is a friend of the show. Great uh, man, Nick Shook of uh, Around the NFL and NFL.com uh, joins us here uh, to talk uh, a little Browns roster tonight. Welcome to the show, Nick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. So I've got to ask you, brother, it's been a while mm-hmm. uh, since we've hooked up. Uh, so you're doing a podcast of your own now? I, did I see this uh, on your timeline correctly? Yeah, actually, we've been doing that podcast since 2018, 2017 or 2018. We just oh. have been very sporadic. Like we're only got on it. episode 61 because basically that's uh, me and my buddy from college and we both entered the business completely across you know the country from each other and that was our way to kind of stay connected and, and get reps and stuff like that. So uh, we've taken big lulls. I took a lull for the entire year I worked for the Browns uh, because I, I just couldn't really do anything that wasn't in-house media. And uh, But we've been very consistent and we'll continue to be consistent from here on out. Awesome, man. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I have to ask you about it, is the singing, right? The singing. On the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, we just let it fly, you know, and yeah. sometimes letting it fly involves, well, I mean, uh, this most recent episode, that was Sean's fault because Sean yeah, just started singing a song and, and I have to join in, you know, it's like calling I have response. to say, I was impressed with your voice, Nick. It was quite, quite, uh, Quite, quite gorgeous. Your it's, voice. It's, it's pretty average, but I'll take that compliment in stride. Hey, man, <laughs> pitch perfect as far as I could tell. Uh, all right, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, we're a weird place here, Browns fans, as you probably know. And I was kind of uh, rambling on about the roster before you came on here, just sporadic thoughts that I'm sure my listeners love to listen to as I talk to myself. But it's okay. Uh, I've got some things I want to ask you about. Uh, I want to plug your stuff properly before we start. You're doing a Twitch channel? Yeah, that's also another thing that I just started doing. I've, I've been playing video games and, and uh, broadcasting like races and, and Madden League games for years, but I've never been, you know, put myself on the screen and everything else. Um, I, you know, I, I think I want to get more of a notable foothold in that space, so I decided to dedicate some effort to it. So, yeah, check that out. It's twitch.tv slash the Nick Shook. Everything matches with my Twitter. I'm trying to keep it all synonymous. There's no set schedule. Uh, we raced on Wednesday nights. We raced last night. I play Madden the rest of the time, basically. Our league action starts in about a week, so if you want to tune in, we got like a 16-person league on uh, PS5, so uh, if anybody's interested in joining, hit me up. Yeah, I saw, I saw somebody, uh, uh, one, probably somebody with you at NFL.com or whatever, they were like, oh yeah, I plugged this article last night on Twitch with uh, Nick Shook, and it was like the running backs yeah, article or yeah. whatever. So that's cool. So you have people on there, you just talk football while you're playing football, is yeah, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's kind of what I want it to be. Um, it hasn't been that so far. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of been, because I wrote a story, I wrote a feature on Madden um, this year. I spoke with the people who made the game. Because I, they gave me the beta test the last few years being with the NFL, and we've been able to, I've been able to play it and kind of see. And, and this year, the changes were remarkable. And I thought, you know what, this would be a good feature idea because I think this might be the turning point for Madden. I mean, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but it might be their first step toward being a much better game than it's been. So I spoke with the guys who made the game, Aaron McCarty, the executive producer, and Clint Oldenberg, who's like the most notable gameplay producer they have, wrote this feature and they gave me a review code. And I thought, well, my review should just be, I just wrote all about this, so I'm going to go on Twitch and just give my impressions. And as people watched that, they basically told me, hey, uh, are you going to do this 
frequently? And I was like, I kind of thought this was going to be a one-time thing, but should I? And they're like, yeah, we'll come back for this. So that was just kind of the idea. And what I would like it to be during the season, especially I've been thinking about this, kind of conceptualizing it. You know, we get done with Sunday Night Football, right? We taped the Around the NFL podcast. I'm on there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I am a night owl. I play, I'll probably play tonight. I don't know if I'll stream, but I'll play tonight. Yeah. Uh, why not get on there and talk about the games and the stuff that happened today? You know, hit me up in the chat. We had, I did a Madden Code giveaway on Friday. We had, God, probably 50 people in there at one time or so. And we just had this great banter going back and forth. We were talking about Madden. We were talking about football. They were asking me what I thought about their team. We were trading opinions back and forth. We were doing a little NFL trivia as me and my buddy were playing on the stream. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I think, you know, any way to kind of get more in touch with the average football fan, because that's what we all are when it comes down to it. Why not have a place where we can just talk football while I try to beat the computer or try to beat somebody in our league, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, that's a great idea and uh, sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, hey, go join uh, the Twitch, the Nick Shook. Uh, check him out on his channel and, and talk football while he plays football and all kinds of cool stuff there. Very A lot of cool stuff you're doing, Nick. That's awesome. Always, uh, as usual, contributing to uh, Around the NFL and NFL.com. Um, let's dive in here, okay? So uh, we know everything here with the Browns as far as Watson finally some closure. So you don't you lucked out. You got on the show after we had to talk about all that nonsense. So that's good. No, <laughs> none of that. None of that talk. Believe me, we're tired of talking about that. So, I am too. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was exhausting. I want to talk about football, right? Uh, yeah. So, but it brings up uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett for eleven games uh, is kind of the question. Like, eh, I don't know. You know, is that gonna? Is he gonna be good enough to get the Browns around five hundred and give them a shot down the stretch? Is kind of the question. Should they make a go at Garoppolo? Is it too late to make a go at Garoppolo? Um, is kind of the the narrative around town, right? Like, and we will see Saturday night Brissett for the first time uh, this preseason. Uh, besides, obviously, what we saw, you know, but some of us saw in joint practices and whatnot, right? So, uh, and out at camp. Uh, so here's here's the show tonight. We got uh, you know finishing the roster. Uh, we're gonna do some of this here with Nick Shook. I uh, got Michael Woods uh, the second on there. I got questions about him coming up in a little bit. But let's uh, start off here. Where are you at with Brissett? Like, I had uh, uh, Quincy Carrier on last week, and he was higher on Brissett, thought he could, you know, lead them to some complimentary football and keep them in games, uh, you know, long enough to keep them around 500. Um, I kind of push back on that. I watched some of the stuff he told me to watch, and I saw some encouraging things from, from at times from Brissett, but I'm still kind of of the I wish it was Garoppolo, but I feel like they may be out of time there, Nick, as far as getting him ready, or maybe it does time up to get him ready for like week five when, this, when the schedule hardens a little bit. Where do you, where are you at with Brissett overall view of him as a quarterback? I think that you signed him, you know, but you brought him in because you were preparing for the worst with Watson and you, you know, that in Jimmy or that in, let's see, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Here. Yeah, you know that in yeah. Jacoby Brissett's career, he has been a guy who has been able to step in in a time of need and, and perform adequately. He's never been great, but he's been adequate. The only time he really was bad in that role was in Miami, and that really wasn't his fault. The offensive line was pretty poor. They had no running game to speak of. It was not a good situation for him to replace two of there. So I don't really hold that against him, uh, that, that portion of his career. 
what you get in this guy is somebody who has experience in this situation. I think that's all you can ask for. Now, uh, you know, we talked about this on my podcast. Essentially, what Browns have to come to grips with is the fact that you don't have your star quarterback for 11 games. That is the majority of the season. When you look at 17 games, 11 of those are without Deshaun Watson. And when he comes back against Houston, there's no guarantee, no, not even close to a guarantee that he's going to be okay, that he's going to be effective. We saw how rusty he was and, and maybe playing with a little bit too much energy in the preseason game. Now, one for five in Jacksonville was not entirely on him. He sailed one no. pass. Anthony Schwartz dropped two, okay? Uh, so I don't really hold all of that against him, but he's not, he's a guy who has not played in a regular season game in a long time. So even when he comes back, do you really think that he's going to be, you know, immediately the star quarterback he was? I don't think so. I think it's going to take some time. And if you're in a tough spot already, then you can't have high expectations for him. What they, what Browns fans in general have to come with grips to come to grips with is you've been in worse spots. I know I'm not saying that it could be worse. I don't want to say that it could be worse, but it really could be worse. How many years did you spend? hyping up the potential of Brian Hoyer or Johnny Manziel or Brandon Whedon or Brady Quinn or Derek Anderson or Seneca Wallace or Jason Campbell or Jake DeLone. We could go down the list. I can keep going. Okay. This is not the worst situation that you could possibly be in. Do you have a team that's built to win now? Kind of. You have a good running game. You got a good offensive line. You got a strong secondary. You got good edge rushers. Defensive line in the interior. I need to see it. I know that there's a lot of good vibes coming out of that position group, but we haven't seen it in a regular season game with those young guys that got in there right now. I liked Perrion Winfrey's tape in Jacksonville in some plays, and some plays I really didn't like it. No. Uh, it was very up and down. And and you don't have as much depth there as you necessarily want. Linebacker, you love JOK. They brought Anthony Walker back. There's still a lot there where I'm like, no, nah, they could be better. I wish they would address that uh, from a roster strength standpoint. So, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This team is, with Deshaun Watson, good enough to compete for the division title. I don't know if it would be good enough to win a Super Bowl. You take him out, you got to be hoping that you land around like eight, nine wins, right? That's still a lot better than where you've been in the past at quarterback. So I don't think it's so much that we need to go get somebody that's better than Jacoby Brissett because the only option out there is Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's not realistic. This is not Madden. We just talked about Madden. This is not Madden. You cannot plug and play a guy. As you said, I think they're too short on time. And is it really worth it to go get a guy that might not be ready until week five to force him in there when he takes up $25 million of your cap space? That massive cap space that you have now, oh, you got a ton of it, right? There's a reason they have a ton of it. They got to roll it over to next year to account for Deshaun Watson's contract. Sure. So you add all these things in together, it's unrealistic. And I, I plead with Browns fans. I know this whole thing has been a roller coaster of emotions. I'm pretty ashamed of some Browns fans and the way they conducted themselves and what they wore or the signs they held at that preseason game. Um, but it is football in this town, so I, I do understand that that does take priority sometimes. But above all, you have to understand that this is a long-term play from the front office perspective, and you might yeah. have to take your lumps this season. Acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo only makes that a little bit messier than it already is, so you should trust the staff that they're going to get Jacoby Brissett ready and that he's going to be able to step in there 
and be a manager. Be an adequate quarterback. They have a good running game. What did he not have in Miami? He had a bad offensive line, and he had a bad rushing attack. No rushing attack to speak of. It was Miles Gaskett. That was it. They have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I really like Jerome Ford. You still got Demetric Felton, and you got a really good offensive line almost entirely across the board. Center is your only really big question mark right now. If you can lean on all of that, you can still be an adequate enough offense. And if your defense is as good as it was with Joe, under Joe Woods last year, then you can be competitive. I don't know if you're Super Bowl competitive, but you can hang in those games. That first month is sets up kind of easy. That first week, if you can get over that hurdle and actually pull a win out there, that's a big. That's more than one win, in my opinion, if you can actually go to Carolina and get that win. Yeah. So let's lower the expectation. Let's stop shooting for the stars. You're not going to get much better with Jimmy Garoppolo anyway. Let's bring it in and prepare for an interesting season that might not be as good as you want, but still a lot better than a lot of seasons you've experienced as a Browns fan since 1999. Sure. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Listeners aren't going to like to hear that, uh, yeah. but it's it's real. It's real. You know, I'll be honest, Nick, I, I've been, I preach big picture about this decision with Watson for a long time, right? This Most of this offseason. Like, listen – you're gonna we're we're gonna be the bad guys. We're gonna be made out to be the bad guys. There's gonna be a lot of bad press. We're taking a beating. This, that, and the other. That's fine. The, this is a big picture play, right? Uh, this is a down the line play. However, we still do have to examine the prime years of Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, yeah. Denzel Ward. So you have to we have to look at this year and say what can we salvage from it? What can we save from it? So you think Brissett gives you a chance to stay competitive, play some complimentary football, and try to stay around 500, right? Is that is that a fair enough uh, approach to that? You think Garoppolo is not, don't even, it doesn't get you better enough, right? That's your opinion, basically? My answer to that is this. The San Francisco 49ers did not have to trade up to number three to draft Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. They did not have to try to work him in and then hand the keys over to him when he's clearly not, entirely it's not 100 certain that he's going to be an effective quarterback in his second year but they did that because they knew their ceiling with jimmy garoppolo was only so high and if they really wanted to be a super bowl contender they got there with him but they got there with the strength of their roster they almost got there with him last year again on the strength of their roster they knew before even last year that they had to be better at the position if they wanted to win that ring if they wanted to finish off what they couldn't finish off super bowl 54 that's why they went and drafted trey lance that's why they're ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. You should not be thirsting after a quarterback that another team has happily decided to move on from if you have that another guy that you're just waiting to be able to come back from suspension. It's just a waste of time, in my opinion, and it's, it's short-sighted. Um, do you think the Browns roster is as strong, you know, take quarterback out of the equation from 2 to 53? Can the Browns roster be as strong as the 49ers last year? Yeah, yeah, I would say yes. Okay. Um, uh, receiver concerns me. Yes. Uh, oh, don't worry. We're getting there, brother. Yeah, We're getting yeah. there. Uh, I, I have a feeling they're going to pick somebody up because guys are getting released. They're going to continue to get released. Um, I think that they're strong enough on the offensive line, definitely at running back. I would like to see David Njoku live up to that extension. And defensively, I think you have enough pieces to be viable. Now, up the middle, I have concerns with, but maybe they'll surprise me there. You have to trust Joe Woods at least a little bit to get the most out of that group. So 2-53, to 53, yeah, I think you're good enough. Uh, I don't know if you're necessarily good enough to win a Super Bowl. You're good enough to win the division. And that's really all you can ask for because all you got to do is get in and get that home game, and then anything can happen. Sure, absolutely. 
Good stuff, Nick. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, watching All Eyes on Cleveland on YouTube with special guest Nick Shook of Around the NFL and NFL.com. He has a Twitch channel at, at the Nick Shook on Twitter and the Nick Shook Twitch channel and uh, listen to the Sean and Shook podcast as well. Yeah. Probably, is that uh, where found where all popular podcasts are found, yeah. Nick? We got SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can get it at any of those places. Feel free to subscribe in any of those locations. We always appreciate your listener, your, your listening and your subscription. Do it. Do it. And you can hear Nick sing. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, here is the uh, uh, thumbnail for tonight's show. Okay. We're, let's just transition to wide receiver since you just mentioned it, right? Um, the guy in this picture, Michael Woods, by all accounts, uh, had a really good week and a half or so at camp, like kind of was showing out and people were excited. And we, you know, we've been through this before where people get really excited about a guy in camp. Uh, but then he, uh wh- who is it? Um, well, there was always the talk about <laughs> Damian Ratley and then there was Derek Willies. Yes. Derek Willies. Uh, but you know, they drafted him. They're. By my opinion, and I've been very concerned about this room since the spring, Nick. Uh, so, you know, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have Mari Cooper, uh, Peoples-Jones with great um, efficiency numbers last year, but he needs to add some volume to it if he's going to be a wide receiver too, right? Uh, and then you've got David Bell, who is probably your wide receiver three. And then after that, I don't know. I, I You know, Schwartz unproven bell unproven dpj unproven to a certain extent so you really only have one guy that's done it before and there's no depth here everybody else is udfa's first year guys michael woods kind of showed out he hurt his hamstring he hasn't played since then do you think he has a roster spot secured i like how you said that the rest i don't know because you're absolutely right it is amari cooper and everyone else and and a lot of this before i even get to michael woods a lot of this position group hinges on can Anthony Schwartz become a legitimate receiver? And based on that first preseason game, that's not a good not, thing. It was yeah. not encouraging um, no. because DPJ flashed. He's flashed, you know, over the last year plus. And yes. if he can continue on that path with more reps and and can stay healthy and get more targets, then then maybe he can become the ideal complementary receiver to Amari Cooper, and you have a nice little one-two punch. And then maybe David Bell can slot in there, literally as your slot guy, um, yep. who you know was the Big Ten receiver of the year in a conference that also had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So that's saying something. But um, if you can get those two guys set and then you can get Schwartz to be a burner and the guy, you know, who has enough of route running ability to be an effective receiver, which we have not seen that to this point or consistent hands, then you've got three right there that you can lean on. You can let Bell kind of get acclimated to the pro game. Then you're looking, I mean, even now I'm looking at the top four receivers being those guys. So then, Let's say you carry five or six. I hate to say this because, you know, he's not really somebody that carries a lot of weight in terms of name, but I I have liked what I've seen out of Javon Wims. I love that catch that he made against the Eagles on Sunday. Um, It's going to be interesting. Jamarcus Bradley has a bit of a history here as being a practice squad elevation in in times of need because of COVID. I don't really know if he ends up making the roster. You spend a, a late round pick on Michael Woods. Maybe he makes it missing the roster or missing practice and, and preseason games because of injury as a rookie when your late round pick never helps you. But if you are going to invest a pick, it seems like they might give him some leeway. So I can't necessarily say for certain one way or the other, but I would think that they would be more inclined to keep him than not. So if I gave you my six, I would probably go 
Cooper, DPJ, Schwartz, Bell, maybe Wims, and then Woods. And, okay. And and but it's it's a huge toss up. Going back to what you said, I the rest I don't know outside of those four. I think those first four are safe, and then from there it's it's a toss up. And and I do think that there's going to be better talent out there available. I keep watching the Buccaneers closely to see who they end up releasing because they've got too many receivers of quality to be able to fit on that roster. And they're not the only team like that. So there's going to be some talent to be had. The question is, does Andrew Barry feel that, that that now is the appropriate time to pick up one of those guys and try and get them acclimated and see if they can make a difference or not? Uh, we always have to play this puzzle, you know, this puzzle piecing together as we get close to the end of camp and the end of preseason. And uh, they'll have a task on their hands with receiver because they don't have those uh, a bunch of household names. Yeah, so i uh, done some yeah, work there you go, on right that. There. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cut bubble uh, wide receivers, right? So these are the guys' names that are getting bandied about around the league. Uh, you know, there's one today that uh, at the bottom of the list here we'll get to that actually requested a trade today. Uh, all of these guys, in my opinion, would be an upgrade because they've played in the NFL before. Like, I don't necessarily need, like, a, a terrific player, Nick, but it would make me feel better depth-wise just to have a professional receiver in the room. So, yeah, I think if you're looking for a role fit, Scotty Miller makes a lot of sense. Um, but I wonder if that's the same role as David Bell and if they feel that's too crowded because Schwartz is kind of in that mold, too. Sure. Um, obviously, you have two Buccaneers right there. And Cyril Grayson's already been released. He was injured released. Oh, I see you got more down there, too. Yeah, Andy Isabella would, would fit that as well. Darius Slayton's interesting because the Giants did just lose Colin Johnson, so he might actually be safe. Okay. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was one of two guys who might be on the bubble in New England. The other one might have been Kendrick Bourne, which is crazy because he led them in receiving last year. Um, Seriously. But I, I'm not uh, against the Browns going after Nelson Aguilar as well. Uh, so, I mean, those are all quality talent. That This is what I'm talking about. This is that talent that could be out there that could upgrade the room. Not significantly, but more than what you're standing at right now. So I think there's, there's some talent to be had. It's just going to be really interesting to see if they pursue it or not. Yeah, I was hoping that Slayton... Uh, obviously he would be like my ideal, the ideal guy, right? Like, I think he has some upside. He's played pretty well for them at times. Like, I think it would be a nice addition to the room if he got cut. Now you're saying that he may be safe now. Yeah. Because they lost Colin Johnson to an injury. Like, let me pull up their death chart real quick because he was looking, he was looking as a bubble guy. And now they have Galladay, Tony, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, but then like, and they love David Sills, the former West Virginia quarterback. So, like, if you're looking at carrying six, it's coming down to Slayton, C.J. Board, Richie James, that type. Um, okay. And and Jalen Moore was a recent addition, too. So, I think there's a battle if they carry six, and, and maybe he ends up in there. Uh, cap space-wise, it still seems like a guy who's a candidate to be cut um, because they're up against it. I mean, they were so up against it that they had to get rid of James Bradbury, a guy that they wanted to keep but couldn't afford to keep just to be able to get into a better spot cap wise. So uh, let's see if they cut him now post June 1st, they'd save 2.5 million. And as a team right now, they're looking at uh, a whopping 5.4 million in, in effective cap space. So, yeah, and they're yeah. carrying over 33 million in, in dead money. So they'll be ready to cut guys if they're on the bubble and they could save a few million dollars. He's like right as a tweener in between there. And because they lost Colin Johnson, I'm not so certain that he's a guaranteed cut anymore. Okay. And I uh, name to certainly keep your eye on as Browns fans, though. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, you mentioned, you said both the guys. Tampa Bay just has too many, right? Scotty Miller, Tyler yeah. Johnson. I would prefer Tyler Johnson just because of uh, the bigger body, right? Um, 
And, uh, you know, you mentioned Scotty Miller, maybe a little bit of overlap with David Bell role. Another guy who's there who's probably going to get cut too, former Browns hero, Brashad Perriman. Interesting. Interesting. Speed guy. um, Yeah. Uh, You know, that's uh, maybe a uh, backup to if Schwartz doesn't work out, right? Uh, Or doesn't provide what you need to. Andy Isabella. Now, there's two guys in in Miami. Seems to have too many guys, too. It looks like maybe Preston uh, Preston Williams. Lee Bowden. Now, does Lee Bowden have returning? uh, Has he returned kicks for them? Um, I don't know if he did for them. I believe he did for the Raiders prior to. Okay. I mean, that was a pretty quick departure. Um, okay. So I can't, I can't say that off the top of my head. But that would be the type of guy he would be because he was, he was basically the guy who comes out of high school as an athlete, Youngstown yeah. kid, by the way, born in Youngstown. Um, I didn't know that. Went to Kentucky, and yeah, he see he never even played a regular season game for the Raiders because they dumped him real quickly. Um, he only had twenty eight catches in his lone NFL season, so. But he is an athlete, so I could see that. I think that's less likely, though. Okay. Um, the reason I bring it up is because, obviously, the Browns lost Jakeem Grant. And right now, they have Demetric Felton listed as their kick return, yeah, punt return. Fun. So, Yeah, so do you think maybe they're looking for a guy that can do both? Uh, yeah, because I don't think that Felton is necessarily your answer there. I mean, it takes me back to um, yeah. a couple of years ago when they were – they were putting another running back back there. His name escapes me at the moment. It wasn't uh, Dearness Johnson. It was the other one. I don't know why I can't remember his name. But anyways, they've been just cycling through random guys. Like the reason they went and got Jakeem Grant was to solidify that position because they've just been throwing random guys back there for a while now. And, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of last year, Jarvis Landry was just standing back there and fair catching balls because he could yeah. catch it. Yeah, because right, they so. knew he would be able to catch it. So it's like, yeah. um, I don't know if if – that was Dontrell Hilliard was the player I was thinking of. Yeah, look it up. Yep. <laughs> I knew it started with a D. <laughs> I should know that. I was with the team at that point. But um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I see what you're where you're going there. And then Denzel Mims today, he just had that trade request. So and it's yeah. it, that's interesting because the Jets don't need to get rid of him, but they also no. are another team that's loaded up on receiver. They've spent first or second round picks and receivers in each of the last three drafts. It was a second rounder on Mims. It was a second rounder on Elijah Moore. And it was a first rounder on Garrett Wilson this year. They also signed Corey Davis and they love Braxton Berrios so much that they brought him back on a new contract this year. Having said that, looking at their receiving core, they have room to keep Mims. It's just that Mims he doesn't wants, like his fit. He wants yeah. more of an opportunity to play. Yeah, he wants out. I had that here. It's interesting, the stuff he was saying today. We feel at this point... Uh, a trade is our only option since the Jets repeatedly told us they will not release him. Joe Douglas has done uh, right by Denzel, and we trust that he will do everything in his power to find another team where Denzel yeah. can be a contributor. Yeah, you like that? You like how they flipped the, the script there? They said, that was oh, he's a weird. great guy, and he's always done right by us, and we know he'll do right by us again. Instead yeah. of bashing him, yeah. he kind of pressured him to, hey, be, a, be the good guy we know you are, or that we yeah. say you are. Yeah. Uh, it's just time. Slavin statement. Denzel has tried in good faith, uh, but it is clear he doesn't have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season. He has worked extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he has been given no opportunities with the starting offense to get into a groove with them. Uh, he's six foot three, ran a four three eight forty yard dash in the twenty twenty draft. Oh, who he reminds me of? Um, Who's that? Another big-bodied receiver the Jets once drafted who flamed out in a big way, uh, Stephen Hill. Yeah. Uh, the old a, football player. Yeah. That's the old, a good uh, time. receiver from uh, Georgia Tech. 
in terms of frame. Now, Stephen Hill was 6'5", but he also didn't do anything in New York either. So he's Mims is not the first guy to do that. There, there's The Jets, it pains me for the Jets, and I know this is not a Jets podcast, but it, it pains me to watch the Jets year by year build up all this goodwill in the offseason. They have all these young, promising players. You know, Carl Lawson has a great summer, and then he has an injury and he's out all year. He gets hurt, yeah. Elijah Moore was turning heads in, in rookie camp and in OTAs, and then he struggles with injuries and never really makes an impact. Zach Wilson, you know, they spend a high pick on him, and he doesn't play a full season. So <laughs> this just kind of continues that narrative with them. And I don't know if, I, like, we just haven't seen enough of Mims. We've heard that, like, he's flashed, but he also kind of reminds me of DPJ, except I think I've gotten more out of DPJ than the Jets have gotten out of Denzel Mims. Great point. Um, a little more speed with Mims, but you know, you're right. He hasn't really put it all together. A guy that intrigued me that already got cut, I have a couple more names here, as I'm actually in the process of writing an article on this, but it keeps changing so fast that I keep having to edit the article. So, like, I had Demarcus Robinson down on this yeah. bubble, but he got cut by the Raiders and got picked up by somebody. Uh, I, this escapes me. Let's see. Bef- before I could pick Oh, publish. the Ravens. Yeah, by, by the Ravens, yeah. So yeah, before I could yeah. hit publish, he was gone. And then Albert Wilson was just released by the Vikings. Yeah, and Albert the old, Wilson the old is... bird alert, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think? Is Wilson a guy that would help? I mean, he's the guy that's caught he's some 30 balls. 30 years and, old. Um, yeah. He's been a guy who has been able to step up in key spots for a few different teams, uh, played for the Chiefs, played for the Dolphins. His time with the Dolphins is really when he became a, a household name. But this is a guy who's never broken 600 receiving yards in a season. The most touchdowns he's caught in a year was four. Uh, he's a guy who just steps up in spots. He's not a consistent guy. He's a complimentary receiver, and at 30 years old, I think the Browns and the way that they look at the roster, I don't think that that's a candidate. Okay. So if we go back here real quick to the roster, we've got those names out there. We've got Michael Woods. I think I thought that Mike Harley Jr. has played pretty well in the preseason so far, and he he did return kicks in the Jacksonville game. So I don't know if they want to keep him. I mean, he caught like five balls, I think, or something the other day, or maybe maybe that might be too many. But um, either way, I, I think he's on the bubble. But I don't. I think they add three guys. After initial cuts, Nick, I think they add a tight end three that's not on the roster right now from cuts. I think they add a wide receiver to the back of the room, and I think they add maybe potentially a def- interior defensive lineman to the back of the room. You think that's possible? Yeah, I like the defensive lineman pick. Uh, I'm glad that you're also not a fan of Morris Forrestall, <laughs> just because that's just kind of a Morris for yeah, the name. Miller Forrestall. I mean, uh, yeah, Morris. Morris. I like Morris better than Morris Miller. Is better than Miller Forrestall. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting name for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at that uh, at that tight end depth chart. You're it's getting a little uh, little little ugly after Harrison Bryant. So. Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm curious though, because they love to run those three tight end sets in the past, but because they have Watson now, I wonder if their offense morphs to the point where they don't really need that other than for depth. And, yeah. and so I, I don't know if it's quite as likely as I, I feel like defensive tackle. Now I thought it was interesting when they released Sheldon day, he was an early release. Um, shocking to me. I just thought that like, I mean, your top four is Jordan Elliott, Taven Bryan, Tommy Togia, and Perion Winfrey. You go look at Tommy Togia's PFF grades last year. Not good. And that's a guy I really liked coming out of Ohio State. So maybe he's a year-two guy that improves, but you don't have a ton of depth there. And even if Winfrey ends up being a player that's an effective rotational guy, the depth is a little bit less there than another position. So I could see that being more likely. Receiver and defensive tackle being the top two I think that they end up addressing 
when it comes down to cut down day. And the other thing too is like, I have no idea how this running back room is going to sort itself out because like John Kelly's gone, even though he played very well in that preseason game against the Eagles. He's there's no way he beats out the rest of these guys. And if you carry three, well then it probably, I mean, you have to carry four like, and, and you just slot Felton as a flex guy. He's not just a running back. And, and the other three are Chubb hunt. And it comes down to Dearness Johnson or Jerome Ford. So you almost carry four plus Felton, which maybe that takes up a receiver spot. And then it, things get really interesting, or maybe it takes up an extra tight end spot. Like you really have to kind of put the puzzle together here. And because they're so deep at running back, I think it's going to create some problems with the rest of their offensive depth chart. This is as far as the tight end goes, and then we'll get to running back. Cause that was my next question actually. So, you know, I thought, like I was like, cool, whatever. Miller, Morris, Forrestall. I like. I'm mean, gonna just call him Morris from now on. Mike, like, Mike Forrestall. <laughs> M. Forrestall. Let's just call him Morristall. Yeah, yeah. Morris. Mor- Morris like Forrestall. Uh, Mike Miller. Pardon me, Miller Forrestall. Uh, he. Um, Mike Miller. Yeah, Mike Miller. Uh, he. Uh, I didn't care. Because I was like, yeah, I don't know how many games they're going to need. You know, the offense is probably going to change. Like, the offense has morphed to a point, Nick, where they don't need a fullback anymore, right? Like, they don't have a fullback. They're not using I don't think they're going to carry a fullback. So, Are you ready to be um, attacked by Browns fans for not, you know, going on your soapbox to keep Johnny Stanton the man of the people? No. I, I, yeah, I'm sure they can attack me. I, I'm ready for it, but... I don't think that Stanton. I, I don't think they use. They're not going to use a fullback. Anymore. Not if their offense changes the way I expect it to. We haven't seen a ton of it because it's preseason, so it's vanilla. But yeah, I just don't see the value. Not when you have to figure out the rest of this uh, roster. Right, and then so, but I do think you need to add to it now because I think it. Although it will morph a little bit, it's also going to lean back towards last year a little now that it's preset for eleven games. Yeah, a little bit. It's, yeah, so I think that's why. Maybe they didn't care about, you know, filling that tight end three, but they're going to need to now because I think you're going to see some heavier sets with Brissett in there. Is that accurate, you think? I honestly can't predict that. Uh, You would think so, but it depends on how much they want to commit to their new future. And Makes sense. I mean, Brissett's a guy who can do it in the gun. He can do it under center. I think – this preseason game this week will give us a good preview of what we might uh, what might be coming down the road with with Jacoby actually in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna roll with some of the RPO stuff we saw with Watson or what. You know what I mean? So, um, probably not. I, I I would I feel like it's gonna. I just feel Nick like it's gonna go back towards last year a lot. Uh, with percent uh you might find a middle ground there and it'd be less than you expect yeah well that's that's uh i hope so i kind of hope so so um third third tight end either way though i I, i'm not happy with that i'm hoping that's one of the three four guys maybe four that that i don't know who the fourth would be but that brings us to running back right so uh, pull this down here but running back you know is such an interesting position here because of felton right so felton has primarily been a wide receiver although in the uh dual pra- or the joint practices with the eagles he got some carries out of the backfield which is really strange i thought after they had for whatever reason so either way he he's going to contribute probably 
as like maybe your second slot guy. He's an explosive player. You can use him for your gadget stuff that maybe you were going to use with Jakeem Grant. Probably goes to Felton now a little bit. Uh, but either way, I think he makes the roster as a wide receiver slash whatever return man as of right now, right? So um, I guess he makes the roster. But then you, like as you said, you've got four wide four running backs besides him on this roster that all are worthy of the roster. Uh, I think you can't get rid of Jerome Ford or expose him to you know, being picked up by another team and to get him to the practice squad. So I think he has to make it. So if it's anybody, it feels like it's Dearness Johnson. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's who I picked to for them to part ways with. Now, there's trade value there um, if they can find a suitor. And there are teams that lack running backs. It's just a matter of what are you going to get in return for him if they do trade him. I mean, I think about teams like the Falcons, who have Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams as their top two running backs. And... I mean, they, they had Mike Davis last year who ended up being a secondary back because of the way Patterson filled that role. So there are teams that need running backs that don't have the running back depth. Um, I mean, it, it just depends on what you can get back. Uh, yeah. it, teams do some strange things this time of year yeah. um, when it comes to filling out their roster and, and deciding who's staying and who's going. Uh, you know, the whole Kenyon Drake leaving the Raiders thing was a little interesting just because he wasn't taking up a ton of cap space, but I also know that they really like Samir White and they have Josh Jacobs as well. So it's just a matter of like teams figuring out their one-two punch and who they have as their third. The Browns fortunately have like five guys. And if you count Felton in there too, but unfortunately they can't keep all five. So they got to get rid of somebody. And because of Dearness Johnson's status and because of what he's put on display when he's got an opportunity to play football, there are teams out there that should be interested in him. It's just a matter of with the timing, can you work a trade or are you going to be forced to cut him and another team can pick him up for free? Interesting. Um, two more things for you. I'll let you go. You've been excellent. Thank you. Uh, Perion Winfrey was supposed to start in that game. I already know you meant you mentioned his tape, and he did kind of get he got thrown around a little bit. You did say you saw some things you liked, though. He played into the fourth quarter in that game. He didn't start. Came immediately in the second quarter. He was listed as a starter. They started Roderick Perry. I don't know if he got in the doghouse, did something wrong, what happened there, but then played the entirety of the rest of the preseason game, which is not somebody that you you normally would expect to contribute what you would have been doing in your second preseason game however he is a rookie and they may have just thought he needed the reps do you think uh he's safe for the roster and obviously obviously safe for the roster but you think that uh, he can contribute this year yeah i think he can um the things that i liked about that jacksonville tape there were times where he won bull rushes where he drove the center or an interior lineman right into the face of the quarterback it's just that one play uh was a penalty came on the play it was against jacksonville i think he drove him right into trevor lawrence um and you're like, oh, there's the strength, there's the power that we saw in college. And then there were other plays where he got driven back three, four, five yards. And I think those yeah. plays are why he ends up playing so much in the next preseason game because it's very up and down. It's inconsistent. We need to see you do it more consistently. You need the reps. You need the work. So I don't think it's concerning as much as it's a young guy who still needs to get his feet underneath him. He's shown some potential to be a difference maker and a, and a problem causer in the interior. We just need to see it consistently. And you cannot afford to get blown off the ball on the interior, especially when you don't have, you know, a Malik Jackson or a Sheldon Richardson alongside you to protect you anymore. If they're going to expect him to make an an impact and be a significant rotational player, he's got to be more consistent. So 
I would expect him to continue to get a lot of reps in, in preseason, you know, with this last game coming up as well, because I think he just needs the work, but I am still pretty high on him. Any off-roster guys that bounce out that you think might get cut that would be a good fill for the back end of that def- interior defensive line room? That's a good question. I haven't necessarily considered who might be um, yeah, I, on the block on the interior. Um, yeah. I would have to think about depth because you got to go with teams that have guys that they're feeling really good about. Um, I don't think I really have anybody off the top of my head. It's a position okay. that, A, is not super attractive, doesn't um, attract a lot of household names. I think it's a situation where they go pick up a guy that they've had their eye on that a name might not be recognizable to the average fan who could end up making a difference. Yeah, you would think... Uh... I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I was happy for Larry Ogunjobi that he got a deal with the Steelers. But from the Browns' perspective... I felt that was a missed opportunity to potentially bring him back. Sure. Because I know he had injury issues in Cincinnati, but when he left, he left because they knew they didn't want to pay him what other teams would pay him. The fact that he was out there, I felt like that might be a nice little pairing that didn't come to fruition. Um, guys like that are not still going to be there. I don't know what he's going to be this year with them. Um, I don't know where he stands after that injury. I mean, he failed the physical with the Bears. That's why he didn't sign with them. So it's, it is a big question mark, and maybe they didn't want to take that risk. But that level of player that you know, you've seen the tape, you've seen guys, that type of guy make a difference. You know, However significant it is, it's still a difference that he's made. I don't know if you're going to find that guy at the end of cutdown day because like, it's kind of like fantasy football. We talked about all these receivers that could be out there. Well, fantasy football has a ton of receivers. Like You can wait to draft your receivers because there's just so much depth of the position. There's not so much at defensive tackle when it comes to building actual NFL rosters. Sure, yeah. You got to figure it's it's maybe a name that we don't recognize because Andrew Barry has a, a list in his pocket of guys' names that if they become available, he's probably going to jump on right. Like guys that he, they've done the work on these guys already, and they know who's potentially out there probably. So yeah, yeah, it's just a matter of everyone's going to be surprised because they probably don't know who that guy's name is. Right, exactly. Uh, I got to ask you about this tweet. We found this odd yesterday. Uh, keep an eye. Justina Anderson, keep an eye on how things are going with QB Josh Rosen in Cleveland. What? What is that? <laughs> what the hell is that, Nick? Well, that's Twitter, for to a degree. Uh, that's, I guess. Sometimes people just float stuff out there. Um, I didn't think he looked terrible in that preseason game. I actually kind of liked what I saw. Now, there was a failed fourth down the last possession they have they had in that game where it was like a disaster, but it wasn't really his fault. He looked composed. He looked comfortable and I haven't heard anything bad about him. Um, and because they have Watson, you know, on suspension, they have room to carry him. So I thought Josh Dobbs played really well. Um, you know, Browns fans, as with any fan base, they love to get on the train of a guy who plays well in a preseason game that doesn't mean anything. And that would be Josh Dobbs last week. Um, yeah, but I, two I, I weeks in a row, she may be alluding to, you know, maybe he's going to stick around or maybe Practice she's going to, maybe they, or maybe they carry three and, and he's game day inactive, but he's still on the roster. Or maybe he's a guy that they end up trying to flip somewhere else. Who knows? I don't think he beats out Dobbs based on what no. we've seen in preseason games. I'm not at practice, so I can't tell you on a day to day basis, but based on what we've seen in preseason games, I don't think he beats out Dobbs. Maybe I could be proven wrong, but um, it is. It is interesting to see that tweet just kind of floated out there. And I guess I'll do as Josina directs, which is keep an eye on it. Yeah. 
I guess, I guess, I guess so. I just thought it was a really odd tweet, uh, you know, because I just kind of chalked Rosen up to be a glorified camp arm. And, uh, you, you know, know I, think Dobbs- he's got a, I think he's because Watson suspended, I think he's got a shot to end up on the 53 or, or first man of the practice squad. Um, okay. I think that he's the reason he's bounced around for a reason. Teams still see potential in him, okay. physical potential, probably more than anything. Um, and, and maybe it's worth carrying him. Like I said, game day and active QB three, or maybe he ends up beating Dobbs out for the backup. I don't see that happening right now, but that could change. Yeah. Uh, Stefanski has been pretty vocal about Dobbs being ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dobbs has played well when he's been out there. I, I mean, I know it's preseason, but he, he's at least looked like he's had control of the offense and he's had shown good mobility and he's just made a good couple good reads and throws. So. It's funny to me because Dobbs' time in Pittsburgh was like completely forgettable. Like he just he looked overmatched. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised to see him handle the situation better in the preseason last weekend. In fact, to the point where one of my buddies, a coworker, texts me and goes, "Hey, Josh Dobbs is kind of coming around." I was like, "Yeah, he kind of looks like he did in college. Maybe he's finally you know taking the next step." Um, yeah. But as it pertains to Rosen, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of strange. Yeah, he, he looked uh, Dobbs looked good in, in preseason week one too. So it was two weeks in a row there, and both preseason. I get that still, so we won't overreact to it. But I I feel like he's given them a better feeling about a backup to Brissett because at one point it felt like it was almost a for sure thing that they were going to try to bring in an, in somebody else to back up Brissett. So I don't know, um, but it feels like it's Dobbs' job now. At least maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading that situation wrong. Uh, but it feels like that. My last question for you, Mr. Nick Shook, is about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and his contract. What do you think happens here? I think they get it done, and I think we continue talking about it until it's done, and it's strange. It's very weird, and it's also a byproduct of a player who doesn't have an agent, I think, to a degree. Um, It's a risk on Lamar's part, for sure. It's still a risk on the Ravens' part. And as the season grows older, it's going to be talked about more and more. And it's going to come down to, can he stay healthy the entire year? Last year was the first year he really dealt with significant injury. Um, I also think in this crazy like fantasy land that you could make up, that this could be the year they decide, you know, maybe this isn't the direction our franchise wants to go. And that's, it sounds more to me like Lamar has not been willing to come to the table then the Ravens have not wanted to sign him. I think it's more that than anything. So I think what I was about to finish saying there isn't really realistic. That's why I put it in a fantasy land. Um, I think it's just a matter of not hammering out the details and not coming to the negotiation table. And it sounds like they're closer than they were months ago. But I mean, standing at the combine, sitting there watching Eric DaCosta say, you know, we'd love to get done, but we can't just force Lamar to come to the table. I mean, they're basically just saying, hey, we want to sign him. He just, he hasn't talked to us about it yet. And it's an interesting strategy, you know, bold move, bold strategy. Cotton will see if it pays off. Uh, we'll see if it pays off for Lamar. As long as he stays healthy, I'm sure they'll give him a ton of money. Maybe he's winning at the quarterback market. That time has kind of come and gone. So uh, at this point, it's like get the deal done. But then again, this seems to be a bit of a unique situation. The fact that he doesn't have a traditional agent and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. And the best thing that can happen for him is that he stays healthy and he goes and balls out. And the worst thing that could happen is that he gets hurt and diminishes his contract value a little bit. Still not going to be that much. Yeah, he put a trade. He put a deadline on week one, but there's no, there's really no deadline there, right? Like, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean he's not going to play? I mean, I, you know, he's like, I put, or he's just going to cut off talks until after. Yeah, that's the season. that's common. That's common to see players once they start the season. They say we're not going to talk about this till after. Right. Season. Um, right. 
sometimes that bites them. It comes back to bite them. I don't. I hope it doesn't happen to him. Do you think he wants like the fully guaranteed deal, like the Watson deal? That's the precedent now. So because he waited this long, he at least has that in his back pocket that that's out there, and he could point to that. Um, I don't know what his motivations are. It, just because the whole thing has been very strange. Uh, maybe that's it. Typically, when you, in a traditional sense, you have a guy weigh the market and decide, all right, now's the time to strike. Let's talk a deal. Usually before that fifth season, usually before the franchise tag season or whatever it is. Um, the Ravens still have that in their back pocket if they wanted to use it. Yeah. I, I would ideally think that he wouldn't want to do that. Um, but then again, you do want to, if you're going to maximize your value, sometimes it does require taking a bit of a risk. So it's a situation we'll have to continue to monitor, but um, it's a peculiar one for sure. It is. Just because there's no, you know, you wonder what kind of long-term damage is done when there's no buffer there between player and negotiator, right? Like, or GM. Like, when they're sitting there and telling them the reasons why they don't want to give them $250 million guaranteed. But, you know, we don't think you're a strong enough thrower from the pocket outside the numbers or this or that. There's no agent there to make that sound a little better to him on the other side. He's actually hearing the raw, you know, reasons why if he's at the table. And I always think that that is very problematic for a player in an organization when there's no buffer there. It's certainly unconventional, um, but he's also an unconventional quarterback. I mean, he can throw the ball. Like, he can be a good passer. It's just he's not a Patrick Mahomes type of passer. But what he lacks in that regard, he makes up with his athleticism, his ability to, you know, run the option and scramble and make rip off huge plays. I mean, the guy didn't just trip and fall into an MVP. You know, he's a hell of a player. It's just... It's not. It doesn't fit the mold that we have set with other quarterbacks in the past, both in terms of style and in terms of how he could go about negotiating. So it's it's a very unique situation across the board that um, might come to a normal finish, but the path to it's going to be uh, a lot different than everybody else. Yeah, it's something uh, very interesting, and I wonder because of the potential injury that he, you know. Giving him a fully guaranteed deal is it's tricky, right? First of all, not every owner has $250 just to throw into escrow, right, for a guaranteed deal. That's a big deal. And then, and then secondly, like, if he gets hurt, you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of screwed and, and, you know, but either way, I guess, maybe they want to take it year by year with the franchise tag, and give him fully guaranteed money one year at a time. I know it'll cost them more probably over the long haul, but like at least then if he gets hurt, they have an out, right? I don't know. I mean, that would I mean, be yeah, kind of dirty. If you, but If you want to dig that deep into like backup plans and fail safes, then yeah. But I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that Steve Bashotti, the Ravens owner, was the first person to come out and basically object to Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed sure. contract. So sure. Um, they're going to have to pay up at some point if they want to keep him. It's just how they do it is it might be a little unconventional. Yeah. You think we get Burrow asking for the same kind of deal? Everybody now, right? Burrow's going to get all the money in the world. (laughs) He's going to get, well, I would say he's going to get all the money in the world, but he does play for the Bengals, a notoriously cheap franchise. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence either that they uh, sold the naming rights to their stadium. Uh, Talk about trying to generate some money to pay him. Uh, He could be part of it. So, um, 
yeah, he's going to get a big contract because he's going to be deserving of it if he keeps up his play that he put together last year. It's just uh, he does play for the Bengals, so I don't know if it'll be fully guaranteed. There you go. Mr. Nick Shook, at the Nick Shook. Follow him on Twitter. He is uh, employed by around the NFL, NFL.com. Go check him out on his Twitch channel, the Nick Shook. And check out the Sean and Shook podcast where all popular podcasts are found. Uh, any parting words for the Browns fans? You're, uh, you know, all the big fans of yours, I'm sure, from your, your uh, days here. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't know. <laughs> Some of them come see on. me as a traitor. Um, I, like I said before, I think you have to take this season with a grain of salt and lower your expectation a little bit because you don't have Deshaun Watson, but it, it, the, the world is not ending and Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy who's going to be your savior. And... Could they do that? Yeah. Does it make a lot of sense? No. Would it be out of the realm of how Andrew Barry operates? Typically, yeah. He does do some big deals, but I think that one, uh, that one's a little extreme. So uh, maybe you know, lower your expectation there and saddle up for some Jacoby Brissett and hope that the rest of the team is strong enough to lead them to victory. And what you want more than anything is competitive football, and I think you'll still get that. And uh, and stop making signs about Deshaun Watson and selling t-shirts on the street about Deshaun Watson. You guys, you guys are better than that. Let's, let's, let's stop doing that. Yeah. Disgusting. I agree. Stop it. But, uh, you brought up one more question before I let you go. Um, what if he gets cut? What if Garoppolo gets cut, uh, and you don't have to pay him all that money you can get him on the cheap and just throw him in your room. Then it's more feasible. The timeline's still the same though. Yeah. If that happens, I think he goes to Seattle. I mean, you get a shot at the Niners twice a year. That's, that's why. Yeah, they don't want him. They don't want him to go to Seattle. The Niners don't. No, I know that. So. I could see them just carrying him. Honestly, I could see them just carrying him with all that money. Yeah, it'd be think? awkward, but they could do it. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, I don't even know if his uh, replacement is ready, fully ready. No, nobody does. That's why I think they could carry him. And what if he gets hurt? Then they're screwed. They've been screwed because of Garoppolo injuries. Why set yourself up for that again? I could see them carrying him. Interesting. Nick Shook here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, We appreciate you uh, coming on and talking Browns roster. Uh, Have a fantastic evening. Um, For uh, Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. Thanks for watching. Uh, Thanks to Nick Shook. We are out.
Blue Wire Podcasts.